coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a 21-game salute for Splatoon 2's final Splatfest. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the final Splatfest for Splatoon 2, and also we're going to talk about uh, people complaining about the lack of national Pokedex in Pokemon Sword and Shield. And then on Thursday, we are going to be celebrating America's independence by listing our favorite Nintendo dependents... So we're celebrating children characters in the Nintendo canon. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing good. It's um, the beginning of July. Yeah, you bet it is. So famously, you and I are about to reveal our beach bodies for the year. Yeah, well, and these are bodies that we work slave over. I would say that absolutely. Uh, that just uh, it's a lot. It takes a lot of work, um, a lot of restraint. Uh, we absolutely do not eat donuts, not with each other. <laughs> certainly not alone. No, certainly not alone um, in so our rooms crying. Any photos you saw of us from E3? Yes, those were the old us. We've shed those skins like so many muscular snakes. That's right. Um, and now we are like the most mu- muscular snakes, which is why we are. Changing the name of this show to the Boa Constrictor Boys. Boa Constrictors are muscular snakes, yes? Yeah. I, they gotta be. I certainly, I mean, they like, they're squeezing everything. They squeeze the heck out of you. Uh, speaking of squeeze the heck out of you, you want to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, do you not? It's super easy. It's super easy. All you gotta do is slowly coil yourself around your prey and squeeze it until it dies. And if that doesn't work for you, yeah. just send us an email with your mailing address. That's right. You just shoot us an email at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and uh, let us know where you want to send this thing and we'll send it there. And that's all there is to it. That's it. It's not uh, complicated. It is easy. Yeah, it doesn't require the amount of dedication. And I cannot stress this enough that Patrick and I have I and I yes. have put into perfecting our beach bodies and each other's beach bodies that's right like a lot of work into my body a lot of work into your body and you know we're very critical of each other this time of year but very it's for critical. the greater good that's right all right mark let's get into what we've been playing this week Big news, of course, on Friday, Super Mario Maker 2 came out, which means Mark wants to talk about Rain City a little. <laughs> That's right. Um, it happened. I, <laughs> I said in last week's episode that I was interested in the game, yes. and that actually turned into the purchase of a game. Yeah, a, an uncommon thing, right? Yeah. You and I will frequently be like, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, we're real loose no. with oh, just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, we got to spend time on our bodies. How is Rain City? So, um... I found I find it kind of like opaque occasionally, mm-hmm. or the puzzle design is frustrating on occasion, and like there remind was... the listener, but also me, <laughs> <laughs> what type of game? Okay, it's Rain a, City it's, is? it's, it's a, like a point and click adventure game. Okay, basically. yeah, great. Uh, not a ton of dialogue. You're an animal. You're uh in a city with other animals. Okay, anthropomorphic animals. Bojack and Horseman it's, style. It's raining all the time. Okay, so you're trying to figure out your sister, who's a journalist disappeared you're trying to figure out where she went 
and maybe why it's raining all the time in Rain City. Interesting. Um, but there's not a lot of dialogue, which I like. But that means that sometimes I found myself solving puzzles by just like clicking or like getting an item out and waving it all over the screen until like oh, I not, see where I can do it. That's not super fun. The other thing is that not very many other people are playing this game. So when I get stuck on a puzzle, I have to solve it myself, which is sometimes really frustrating. Yeah. When you don't know what you're supposed to do. There's one in particular where you have to like gather all these helicopter parts, which that part is totally fine. Then you're supposed to put the helicopter parts together and the mechanic of moving it from your inventory to like where you're supposed to place them was so, uh, I found convoluted um, that I thought I was solving a puzzle by doing one thing, but really was just like a second inventory. It was kind of confusing. The rest of the game has not been like that, but... That'll, that almost just makes it worse, though. <laughs> it's just this one time you have to understand something it's, different. Yeah, like, the puzzle yeah. design is uneven, but the aesthetic is really cool. We've talked in the past about how I really like rain, rain. levels. Loves rain. So the fact that the entire game is set in a rain world is really appealing to me. I'm enjoying it. Again, it was less than eight bucks, so I don't feel like I was ripped off or anything, but I would be... Uh, cautious to recommend it to anybody you know sure, what i mean yeah check out the demo there's a demo if this sounds interesting grab the demo if you like the demo you'll probably like the full game um not a uh nintendo game but you saying that you had to solve a puzzle and there was no way to look it up um i started playing the witness last week um which is a game that i had uh you know purchased for free um with as part of my playstation plus uh whatever that's called the the online account thing there um i think just that i think i think i did it yeah (laughs) uh this is the game by jonathan blow that's correct also creator of braid i'm assuming he doesn't program these things himself well i is he like walt disney you know in like the old cartoon days where it's like a walt disney production and nobody else gets their names on the credits i mean i i think uh braid at, at the very least was just uh that he designed the whole game and then like got a graphic designer to like you know, make it look pretty. Um, but like otherwise that that game is just a like a programming labor of love from him. And I'm sure he had a bigger team on the witness. Um, but like Braid, the what's good about the witness is just the quality of the puzzles that that's uh that's in there. Um so I, I won't spend too much time talking about it because it's not a, a Nintendo game and it's not new. So it's a little bit weird to to dwell on it. Um but I was also like all of those, the solutions to all those puzzles are online. I could find them all there. Um, but the way they build on each other and the game communicates itself wordlessly. Um, so, like, to see any writing about the game feels weird because, mm-hmm. like, that's not how the game talks about itself. Um, but then also, like, if you take one shortcut and don't learn the lesson that a puzzle presents you, um, you're not going to be able to do the next puzzle. So, like, as soon as you start cheating, you have to cheat all the way to the end. Uh, otherwise, like, that, you just won't be able to do it. Um, so I was really enjoying it uh, and, you know, had, like, a, I, was, I was going at a, a good pace for a little bit um, and then took, like, a day or two away from it and then went back and was like, where am I? How do these puzzles work? Um, but it's a really cool game, and if it ever comes to the Switch, I'm I'm probably gonna hop back into it and uh, do it there, so I could, uh, you know, play it on on the go too, because it's really great. Um, but Mark, let's talk about Super Super Mario Maker. I'm I'm loving it. Me too. 
So, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I did not really play very much of the Wii U version and I d- or like the 3DS iteration of it. Mm-hmm. So it all feels very new to me. And so I'm interested to see how it compares for somebody who is like you, who's much more familiar with the Wii U, U version. Yeah. Well, so I, uh, I have probably expressed on the show before that I was a little bit nervous about just the creator interface. Um, because I was so accustomed to the, you know, stylus and like Wii U uh, gamepad controls for all of that, like that felt very intuitive to me, and it felt like fun and fluid to be uh, making levels and then snapping into the uh, create or to the play mode. Um, and uh, like I, they mostly figured it. Like it's really good and really satisfying to make levels in this thing. Um, I've made one level that I actually feel good about. Um, another one that I don't feel very good about, um, but like I'm I'm excited to uh, get even like faster and more fluid with those um, creation tools. But it, it's amazing how fast it is already. Um, and then just like from a single player perspective, I feel like this game has way more to offer. Yeah. So I haven't gone into Course Builder at all. Like yeah. I haven't even opened it up yet. I've purely done Story Mode. Yes. Um, and I'm all, like seventy five percent done with the castle. Uh, but still have like a ton of levels yeah. left for. I think I'm only like at like 45 out of 100 it's or over so. Over 100, yeah. Yeah. And then the other part I've been spending a lot of time in is Course World. Yeah. Doing both uh, the network play. So I've been playing online just in like the multiplayer co op. Yeah. And then also the endless challenge part of it, where basically you pick like an easy level, a normal level, or different uh challenge different levels maps, yeah. yeah exactly and then you j- try to get as f- through as many randomly chosen levels of that difficulty like as far as you can go and as you go along you see oh you've done like 15 easy you are like 80th or 80,000th um in the worldwide leaderboards yeah but i've just been really impressed First of all, story mode is great. Yeah, like story- it's really fun. It's super cute. That undo dog is adorable. Um, and just like yeah, the weird little like twists and turns and like things that pop up that like um, you know, it, it starts with a very like simple premise of like oh the dog um nuked the castle. You have to build the castle again. But like little things just like happen. Toads go missing or um like a a, a block comes to life um or you find a pipe that goes underground. Um it just it it's so much bigger than it initially presents itself as. I've also just found like I went into Super Mario Maker 2 assuming that I wasn't really going to make any levels. I would mess around with the level maker a little bit, but then that's not my experience with that game. But through the story mode. And I'm assuming this is why story mode exists. I've been there are times where I've like played through a level and been like, "Ooh, that gave me an idea for like something I could build." Yeah, yeah. Well, and the th- all of the all of these Nintendo made levels are very good at the um, the Nintendo thing uh, and like the very Mario thing and uh, something that we talked about on our 250-ish episode spectacular um, that like they take one idea for a level. And then iterate on it so that you see every version of that one fun idea, and they just make you play it over and over again. Um, and like that's um, what all the best levels are. Um, you know, you'll see levels that are more like kind of hodgepodge and like just you know, uh, you know, and here's a room with like two big Bowsers in it, and you're like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Um, 
but like the best levels like pick a theme and then stick to it and those the nintendo made levels are all really good at that so have you tried any of the online stuff yet um so i i have uploaded my my one course and i've uh i i played one like easy um whatever that is called in in course world yeah just, like, going through that um and then i've also just done like some sort of uh like the non-structured just like picking a uh just picking a creator either from like the hot list or you know whatever and uh just playing some levels um here and there and um you know harding things when i like them and uh yeah so i i haven't done any of the like online play like any of the co-op or competitive um but yeah i've been playing a little bit of just uh player generated levels so i've enjoyed the online co-op that i've played the one thing i will say is that anytime i'm on wi-fi it's horrible oh yeah like the network adapter has been completely like necessary and even then sometimes it's really bad but the network adapter has helped a lot uh it's like smash brothers level of just like unplayable uh man that's sometimes that's a bummer uh but i was actually really surprised when it's working it's a lot of fun and i would like to try it in room with like a bunch of people yeah with a bunch of friends uh i was surprised so i was Started out doing the network play, like the um, online multiplayer co-op, and then doing the endless challenge stuff. And then I went into courses like you, and I was looking at, you know, like the hot courses, new, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I was surprised at how, like, so soon there were some really well done, fun oh, yeah, there, levels. There's crazy stuff up there that, you know, was seemingly available from, like, the first day. Um I played a uh, a a level that's basically a pong uh, simulator. So like you stand on one side and you jump to like control a a platform that will block a shell that's bouncing around. Because there's like a cannon or yeah. something, and then Did like you when you get <laughs> when you get three, you yes. could go. Yeah, I totally. It was like table to yeah yeah. That was awesome. Um, yeah, there was one I can't that. What I was worried was that they were all going to be like for the most part just bad. Like, too hard, mm. thoughtlessly made, you know, the stuff that I would do. Right. Um, but they're not at all. Like, there are actually some really good, amazing levels. And most of them are short enough that um, they don't, like, even the hard ones don't outstay their welcome. And so, and even the ones that are, you're just kind of like, oh, that was fine. That was okay or whatever. Yeah. And it, if you they... just, like, finish it and move past it. Right. And if they are hard and long, I mean, people are pretty good about being generous with checkpoint flags. Um, yeah. Like, I... Uh, I actually don't think I have played a level yet that I've been like, all right, forget this. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try, you know, but there were, there were those all the time in the original Super Mario Maker. Um, you know, people just like trying to make something that is like impossibly difficult. And I'm sure all that is coming and, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a perfect playground forever. Um, but I do think that just like having the, the kind of like tags in there that you can be like, oh yeah, short and sweet. Um, or you know, easy or medium, um, or normal, I guess, whatever the the difficulty level is, uh, makes it all feel like very approachable and welcoming. Yeah, I just hope the cream continues to rise to the top. Yeah. Um, because even when I encountered hard, what I felt were challenging, they were like in a fair way, mm -hmm. and that's fun to me. Like I like seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So hopefully, um, we should. Yes, to be we easy should to find stuff, and but also we, we should, should play together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and we should put our uh, creator codes uh, up in um, episode descriptions. Probably not going to be this week, um, 
but uh, look for it in the future, and we'll probably plug them as we uh, as we actually it's are. Just a reason levels. for you to come back. We're oh just, yeah, we're hooking you. That's right. You like a macro. Reel them in. All right. Uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get in, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, July second, Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. Now is out for Switch because it takes place on Mars. Yes. Okay. Look, if we're gonna remaster games and remake games, we can't be cute about the word. I don't. I don't hate it. I do. <laughs> Just like I don't like uh, Darksiders Definitive Edition. Definitive. Yes. See that one? I don't care for. Now, what's the difference? <laughs> They're both bad. Um, this one seems nice. Okay. All right. All right. And I like, I like that. Uh, and then also Dream Daddy is released for the Switch eShop. That's exciting. I've always wanted to play Dream Daddy, um, and never have. And then on July 4th, Stranger Things 3, the game is released. And also What Remains of Edith Finch That's is coming to the Switch. Um, uh, so Stranger Things 3, that is in conjunction with the third season of Stranger Things, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, uh, remind me where you are with Stranger Things. Are you... Uh, my husband and I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't feel strongly one way or the other about okay. it. Um, are you interested in the game at all? Not particularly. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think I need more of Stranger Things. Right. Be, but you will watch it? The third season? Yeah, for sure. Um, I recently made a, a second attempt at watching uh, the first season and stalled out <laughs> like three or four episodes in. I don't know why. It just doesn't... Uh, doesn't hook me. I think that's totally fair. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then on July 5th, Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle is released. It's about time they got to that final battle, right? <laughs> I am I don't want to call them liars. Mm. I don't think this is the last Attack on Titan game we're going to see. You, hold on. The name of the game is Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle. Mark, how could there possibly be another Attack on Titan game after this? Maybe there'll be an Attack on Titan 3, and that's how they'll get Attack away. Attack on Titan 3, first battle. <laughs> that's how they'll get around this legally binding loophole that is a game title. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, we're going to be talking about... Uh, if we were running a like novelty or like special Twitter account, uh, what would it be? Right. So for like example, here are some examples. The Daily Snaggle Post, where somebody just like, or maybe a bot, maybe it's not a person, just tweets out right a still a still frame from the Snaggle Post cartoons. Um, there is a Twitter account that tweets uh phrases and names of things that can be sung to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen that one's been getting a lot of traction. <laughs> that one's been getting a lot of traction. Um so the, this is this is where we are. Right? This is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um we were uh before we started recording we were talking about the Sesame Street Muppets uh Twitter accounts. Cookie Monsters is delightful, but the counts is truly something special. He just counts he just does the next number um and that's always the number of his tweet yeah and his tweets have 
they've always just been this from the beginning. From right. One to like, I don't even know. He's at like 300,000 hours, something like that. Right. So the, the, what, what like that, what thing like that would we just put out into the world? Um, you know, like a, a, a no context, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and Mark, have you given any thought to what yours would be? Mm. Because let me tell you, I have not <laughs> given any thought to what mine would be. Um, I think the world is ready for someone to tweet out pictures of just like counting a stack of money. So I start from one dollar bill, oh, and it's okay. like a picture right. of the one dollar bill, and every day I just add one dollar to it, and so the stack just continues to grow larger and larger, presumably till I'm a millionaire, and then the, then the account is over, and I delete it. Um, that's uh, yeah, because then you would be a millionaire, or just like a change jar. Uh, oh, oh, like a swear jar. If you had a swear jar somewhere, and then every time someone swore, they put money in it, and you took a picture of it, mm-hmm. and then uh, put the swear word <laughs> and tweeted that out. That that would be that'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a while where I thought it would be fun to have a uh, Twitter or Instagram account that was just jokes with no punchline. Um, there are things that sounded like jokes, but with no punchline. Oh, so not just like you would uh, tweet the setup to a joke. I mean that that's what it is, but oh, uh-huh. I you know it would be like you know why did the alligator lose his glasses? That's, oh, so it wouldn't be that's it. So oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. So it would be the setup. It wouldn't be unfunny jokes. No. Oh, okay. No, it would be the setup. It would be. It would sound like the setup to a joke, but it would, you would have no punchline in mind, and you would just tweet that. Which is still something I might do because I think it's a good idea. You know the the I feel like da- things like the Daily Snagglepuss totally. Um, nobody's getting hurt. Sure. The thing that kind of like I don't really understand is the like accounts that tweet far side comics. Uh, okay. Where you're just like, those are owned by somebody. Yeah. And I can't imagine that Gary Larson, who I think is dead, but how would we ever know? How would we ever know? <laughs> um, how do you feel about like Garfield minus Garfield? I feel like that's fine because you're like commenting on the art. You're not right. just, like, tweeting the art. I mean, I feel like it's a comment once or twice, but it's been going for years, <laughs> and the guy's just removing Garfield from uh, Garfield comic strips. And it's amazing, and I love it, and John Arbuckle is so sad. Um, and I think he's actually put out a book of Garfield minus Garfield comic books that, like, Jim Davis wrote the foreword to. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's obviously some amount of blessing there. Um, but, yeah, it is, uh, it's a, it is a little bit weirder when uh, they just post a comic that like someone definitely owns or anything you know where they're yeah. just like here's something yeah I, I i don't know i don't understand i don't get that but at the same time i'm fine with like the uh simpson jokes a day or whatever yeah i like a simpson quote of the day I, I i like that too i also like um I like any any old video game art uh twitter accounts those, those are always fun because man i i love seeing like a um instruction booklet drawings you know, mm-hmm. like conceptual drawings of characters and stuff. Oh, well, oh. I guess we'll never know what we like. Or if Gary Larson's alive. We will. Okay. This is our promise to you is that we will never know if Gary Larson is alive or dead. Uh, today, we are accompanied by the Brussels Chamber Choir. Okay, Mark, are you ready to get into the news? Let's do it. To commemorate Splatoon 2's final Splatfest, Nintendo is really pulling out all the 
uh, all the splats. <laughs> all the splats. Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> it wasn't. I was struggling. All uh, stops. All stop. Of course. Yeah. That is of course the way that that phrase ends. Uh, it comes from playing an organ, because uh, so uh, in an, an organ like in a church, um, it has uh, all of the uh, like little knobs that change the tone of the oh, organ, uh-huh. and those are called stops. Ah, because. When they're closed, the it air stops. Yes, I understand. Uh, so when you open all the stops, that's when it's essentially like turning on all of the patches on your electronic keyboard at once. <laughs> so the uh, the organ just makes all of its sounds. It's at its biggest and its loudest. And that is exactly what Nintendo is doing. Yes, to celebrate Splatoon 2's final Splatfest later this month, they're holding a Tetris 99 Maximus Cup from July 12th to July 15th. Players who earn 100 points will unlock a special in-game Splatoon 2 theme. Cool. That was one of the things that I was missing from this last uh, Tetris Maximus Cup, is that there was no reward for getting the 100 points. Yeah, totally. Once they like um, primed that pump with the Game Boy theme, it's like I just expect it every time. Yeah. Well, and also it's weird to just have like two themes in there. Like I, I can just switch back between the two. Like... Give me more choices. I'm excited to see what the Splatoon 2 one is. Like, is it going to play the pop music oh, from man. Splatoon series? Will it make, like, splat sounds? That'd be really cool. Yeah, so very excited for this. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is also getting in on the final Splatfest act. Starting July 12th, there will be a special Splatoon 2-themed spirit board event um, where you get more SP for de- defeating spirits from the Splatoon series. Which is super cool. I mean, they, they've been running these uh, uh, spirit board events kind of non-stop right mm-hmm. or at least there's it, as soon as one is over there's another one coming up yeah um which all it really does is uh you know change how you might be uh spending time in the spirit board but it's still just like a fun little way for them to direct your attention also you can craft special splatoon 2 final splatfest t-shirts in animal crossing pocket camp the shirts are available as a login bonus between now and july 25th so if anyone's still playing animal crossing pocket camp because you have to wait until uh, March 20th, 2020 to play the, the new game on Switch, uh, you can do Splatoon 2 stuff. Also, also, Nintendo is going to be selling actual real t-shirts in North America and Europe through Nintendo's online store in mid-July. Um, it's black and gold for chaos. Uh-huh. It's like a black t-shirt with gold uh, like word mark on it yeah. and a picture of Pearl and then white and silver for order. Whoa, so you can actually, like, vote in real life? Yeah, with, you can rep your, your t-shirt? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, that is pretty cool. Why are they, why are they going all out for this one? I, I mean, d- I understand it's the, it's the last one, and they are planning no further content updates for Splatoon 2 um, after this one. But, like, it seems like they are going all out crazy for this Yeah, thing. it's a real full court press. Yes. I, and I don't know. I mean, Splatoon 2 has definitely... It, Ex- taken the Splatoon franchise to another echelon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the original Splatoon had done a pretty good job of being a successful like uh, an esport, and um, you know we were complaining earlier about like how the Switch actually handles online, but like it handles Splatoon Splatoon pretty well. I know that's what's so weird about like uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I've never had a problem with the yeah. online. Splatoon 2, I've never really had a problem with the online, even when I was playing just on Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like you get but booted other, every now and then. Yeah, but, but other games are seemingly just terrible. Yeah. What's going on? 
Uh, we'll truly never know. That's right. Um, so we have talked before that, like, okay, we need to actually participate in this Splatfest. Like, it's something that we actually need to do. Mm-hmm. No more, you know, screwing around and being like, oh, yeah, next Splatfest I'd sounds be a fun. unicorn or whatever. Yeah, or a narwhal. Was that was that the last one? Unicorns versus narwhals? Was it? Was it? Was it just horns? Was that the things uh... with horns? <laughs> things with a single horn. <laughs> um, but I think we actually need to participate in this one. It feels like it has grown bigger than your normal Splatfest. Uh, and Mark, I believe that we must be participants. I think so too, especially because presumably, like the final Splatfest in the original Splatoon game, had implications for the in-game world of Splatoon Two. I assume that Splatoon 3 will be influenced by Splatoon 2's final Splatfest. I wonder if uh, they're going to take um, data from all of these other games and all the other, like, the tie-in events to help determine if Mm. chaos or order prevails. Mm I don't think they're that. I don't think so either. <laughs> like, <laughs> but if, it would be if, cool if there if was a... our like yes. real life T-shirt sales tip the scales yeah. one way or the other. I mean, why not? Get on it, Nintendo. Uh, as some fans continue to be upset about news that the upcoming Pokemon Sword and Shield won't contain the entire Pokedex, longtime Pokemon developer and producer Junichi Masuda released a statement on the official Pokemon website. Now, before we get to the statement, we yeah. just want to like quickly recap the story. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, unlike previous Pokemon games, will not have a uh, what's called a national Pokedex, which means every Pokemon that has appeared in previous Pokemon games will not be in the new one. And part of what's a bummer about that is that uh, you will not be able to transfer every single Pokemon from Pokemon Home to Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now, this had happened before, I yes. think, with, like, the first... Was it the first DS one? Or maybe or the first 3DS one? Some, uh, something like that. I think that. it was further back than that. Maybe it was even the Game Boy Advance. But there was a point similar to this where they were like, this first game in this generation is not going to have all the Pokemon. And then later games did. Right. Um, so so that is where we are right now. We At this point, an unspecified number of Pokemon from earlier generations will not only not appear in the game natively, but will not be transferable into um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. So uh, this is what Mr. Masuda said. Quote, thank you to all of our fans for caring so deeply about Pokemon. Recently, I shared the news that some Pokemon cannot be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. I've read all your comments and appreciate your love and passion for Pokemon. Just like all of you, we are passionate about Pokemon, and each and every one of us of them is very important to us. After so many years of developing the Pokemon video games, this was a very difficult decision for me. I'd like to make one thing clear. Even if a specific Pokemon is not available in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, that does not mean it will not appear in future games. The world of Pokemon continues to evolve. The Gala region offers new Pokemon to encounter, trainers to battle, and adventures to embark on. We are pouring our hearts into these games, and we hope you will look forward to joining us on this new journey. Okay, so uh, nowhere in this quote does he say or even imply that they're working on it. Right. Right? Um, the game will not have all of the Pokemon in it, uh, period. And I know people are uh, like holding out hope that they will be patched in later. Yeah, if you call them lazy enough times. Yeah, just keep, like... just keep calling them lazy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, what do you, what do you make of, of all that? Cause I know that, uh, there's like a, a big, or I don't even know if it's a, actually a big uproar, but like some amount of uproar. There's up, a loud uproar, if nothing else. Right. Uh, yeah, regardless of how big it is, it is loud. 
um, about uh, like if if they just waited or if they just uh, spent more money, you know, and it is a game franchise that makes a ton of money. Um, why not uh, spend the resources, be they uh, human money or uh, time, to actually fill out the Pokedex? Yeah, I mean, sure. Given enough time, I'm sure they could do it. Um, but, you know, we just talked about this isn't... I mean, first of all, I should preface all of this by saying that I'm a very ca- a very casual... Yeah. Like, I've never had a complete Pokedex yeah. in any of the games. Um, I don't really intend to ever have one. So this does not affect me at all. Right. So that being said, yeah, I mean, I guess they could, given enough time, fill out the entire Pokedex. But I've just, I guess, you know, Pokemon is more than just a game. It's a anime, it's cards, it's merchandise, it's like all these things. Yeah. And they're clearly trying to make the trains run on time. I guess more than that, what I thought was interesting, do you remember a, f- a few months back, I can't remember if it was the official Sora account or if it was the official Smash Brothers account or something, they tweeted out a message that was like, hey, we know you guys are passionate, but stop bugging Sakurai oh, about yeah. like DLC characters. And they only posted on the English-speaking channels. They did yeah. not post it in the Japanese ones. Same with thing with this Pokemon message. Didn't show up on the, Poke- on the Japanese Pokemon site, just on the English-speaking ones. Yeah, so that, that there is some component of like, I want to complain about this thing before it even exists. Um, that, I mean, is, I, it ultimately just comes from this gross place, right? Like, I can sort of understand uh, wanting to be able to carry your Pokemon forward forever in perpetuity through everything. Um, but that is sort of what Pokemon Bank do, or Home does. It just means you can't use them here. And, like, you play a lot of games that you can't import your Pokemon to. Like, um, that something not being a feature of the game isn't like a personal attack or insult to you. I mean, I also just think that as he's making very clear here, it seems to me that they have every intention of in future games, some of the Pokemon that are missing yeah. will, you know, that in uh generation, what it will be nine or 10 yeah, or whatever, that a huge feature of that is going to be, Hey, every Pokemon ever is available in this game. Right. Well, and you can't get those moments, just like you can't get the the Smash Ultimate everyone is here without some of them not being there for a couple games. Like, um, yeah, it's, a, it, it's, just, it's just so weird to me that uh, people want every game to be uh, the ultimate version of that game. Like, we'll get there. You know, well, you'll, you'll, you'll get to a place where you can, you know, import that Mr. Mime into something. And that's, you know, that's something that they have uh, stated previously is that um, future Pokemon spinoff games will you that you will be able to use uh, Pokemon Home to export Pokemon f- to the spinoff games. So, like, there will be other opportunities to use those guys somewhere, even if it's not mainline Pokemon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when the Final Fantasy VII and Nine ports were released for Switch uh, a while back, they included a long-standing bug where the overworld music would start from the beginning every time you re-entered the world map. Which so means every, every time you fight, yeah. Yeah, after every battle. Um, a few weeks back, Square Enix released a patch for Final Fantasy VII that fixed the issue. At the time, we were like, are they going to do one for Final Fantasy IX? Yeah. And the answer is yes, it's already out on PlayStation 4 and will presumably be released for Switch soon. 
well, good. Um, that's uh, I'll, I'll pretend that that's the reason I haven't been playing Final Fantasy IX for the last couple months. I mean, really, once you found out that Final Fantasy VIII Remastered was coming, oh, you were like, what, yeah. a, what other game do I need in my life? I mean, Final Fantasy VIII is a game that I didn't finish uh, back in junior high school um, and haven't thought about uh, except for to say, oh, yeah, I didn't really play that game. I know. I wonder if we should, because I definitely had played Final Fantasy VII more recently, Final Fantasy IX more recently. I wonder if we should go back and play Final Fantasy VIII when it comes out. Oh, interesting. I mean, maybe. it. Uh, the The people that I know that have played it and like played all the way through it um, like really stand by it as like no actually a good final fantasy um and i don't want to become one of those people but like i would like to understand them better <laughs> right yeah exactly i wonder if it's like a majora's mask situation i'm just going to let that linger out there sure um the crowdfunded igavania style game bloodstained ritual of the night was released for switch last week the game is by all accounts exactly what fans of Castlevania have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. It's very much in the vein of Symphony of the Night. Unfortunately, it's disappointing because the Switch performance is really poor compared to the PS4 and Xbox conversions or right. versions of it. And this is something I think that we uh, had had sort of feared. And, you know, Mark and I are both into Castlevania-style games, um, but we haven't, uh, neither of us have picked it up or uh, played it at all. Yeah, on Switch or on, or on other platforms. Yeah, I definitely w- want to pick it up on Switch. It just feels like the perfect platform for that. But it's also just where I'm playing most of my games. <laughs> right, exactly. But like word around it for whatever reason was always kind of sketchy, and it being delayed one week from the other versions, I wanted to wait to see how it turned out, and apparently it's turned out not that great. But publisher Five Hundred Five Games has released a number of statements promising that they are shifting resources to patch the Switch version as quickly as possible. Um, They say they plan to release a number of small patches rather than one large patch in an effort to show improvement faster. Okay. So it blows a list of what they're working on. Um, Currently, a fix for HD rumble, where apparently it was just like rumbling nonstop. Oh, look, games can't, you can't do that. You can't rumble nonstop. Here's the thing. My hands go numb. Right? Yeah. Just rumbling the whole time. Problem number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crash stability. Optimizing Miriam's jump who's the main character of the game, variety of updates to the game and engine, including optimizing animation of certain enemies, addressing input delay wherever it occurs, and switch-specific loading optimizations. So uh, a a lot of fixes for this incoming. And a lot of, like, when you're reading this list, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound good. No, I mean, like, input lag on a, a, a game like this, especially, like, lag when the controllers are connected to the console itself. Like, ooh, boy. Uh, they also say that they'll have more to announce soon and that they are committed long-term to the Switch version of the game, mm-hmm. which just from like anecdotal evidence seems to make a lot of sense for them because in the UK, we know that sales of the Switch version, even though it came out a week after uh, the, the other versions, have, has already basically... Sales of the Switch version are equal, are pretty close to being equal to sales of the PS4 and Xbox One versions combined. Yeah, well, a part of that traces its origins back to uh, this game was uh, kickstarted, and so a lot of people that were signing up for the, uh, that were contributing to the original Kickstarter were hoping to get the Wii U version of this I mean, game. Not that many people could have possibly. I, it's my understanding that that is a like significant fraction wow. of of the backers were hoping to get it on uh Wii U, like on Nintendo hardware, and then had that like roll over to Switch. Um, 
So like, yeah, I mean, just like you're saying that it it feels like it would be right on Switch. It feels like it is right on a Nintendo platform. Yeah, I, I mean, that's true. I totally agree. So I think they see where their bread is buttered. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we do see them following Some up butter. on their promises. Yeah, exactly. I'll talk no butter. 505 Games. <laughs> Finally, mm. in Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, when Link first enters the Dark Realm, he turns into a pink rabbit. Yeah, you bet. You got to get that moon pearl yeah, so that I, you don't transform. But it was always like, why? Why a pink? It was just like a weird, fun detail in a game that never really had any explanation. Yeah. So in an interview with Game Informer, Link to the Past director Takashi Tezuka explained how that came to be. Now, wait a minute. Before you read yeah. how this came to be, yes. is this going to destroy some element of mystery about this game? Like, are we taking... I just I, I want to have a, a real conversation about yeah, this before uh-huh, we dive uh-huh. in. Are we taking something that is fundamentally mysterious and not understood and stripping it of that magic? Or are by exploring it further, are we adding to the magic? I mean, this is definitely the same sort of question that uh <laughs> what is the name of do you remember those specials from the like late nineties? Sure, the mass magician. The mass yeah. magician. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly a question that the mass magician had to wrestle with as well right. before he revealed to the audience how like levitation tricks and then and he was murdered by all those magicians and were we to meet that same fate worth that it would be yes all right yes but I, but I, i'm gonna say yes to but your if, point magic yeah. spoiler warning we're about to spoil the magic of a link to the past so if you don't want to know right you're the type of person who gets like um walked off splash mountain and you keep your eyes down because you don't want to see how the robots work we're, ru- we're ruining Link to we, the Past. We are ripping off the mask here. I mean, yeah. first we are putting on masks yes. to be the masked magician. Uh-huh. Uh, and then let, let's give away these secrets. Mark. Okay. It's a lot of buildup for what's <laughs> not going to be that exciting. Quote, yeah. I really wanted to create a striking distinction between what Link normally looks like. So I wanted to create that severe distinction in his looks. If I... <laughs> a, a, a totally self-evident statement. But yes. <laughs> If I think of sort of a fantastic dream world, one of the first things I think about are rabbits. Um, Would you like to explore why you might think of rabbits first? I mean, I think that is could be very individual to Mr. Tezuka. I mean, I would get. I I I have a, a guess. I would like to venture. And Please, it is, it is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, 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 sorry. Before you get to your guess. It was too late. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's too late. Before, We're there. We're before, in my guess we, already. Before we discuss no it back any further. <laughs> While we are, we are in, we are yes. in your guess, yes. but we're yes. at the shallow end of your guess. Mm-hmm. And are our masks still on? That's all I oh, want. Oh, yes, like, of course. Uh, yes. That's all I wanted. Our, our masks, of course, are still on. Okay. We fear for our safety. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to make sure. Alice in Wonderland, right? There's the white rabbit. He leads Alice into a strange world. Oh. He is he is representative. There are two rabbit characters uh, down there. There's also the the uh, March Hare who's hanging out with the Mad Hatter. Um, so like I think uh, Lewis Carroll has a strong association with rabbits being representative of a strange world. Yeah. Now that you say that, that makes complete sense. Yes. Um. Here's here's one here's one uh, part that I'll, I'll quibble with a little bit. Um. The rabbit is pink, right? It's a pink rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um. In that game, Link has like pink hair. Yeah. So like he's keeping his hair color. Uh huh. Um. And also, uh, long ears. Uh, that's a Link characteristic already. 
Like, if you wanted to make him look really weird and really not like Link, you make him like a blue elephant or something. Right? I guess elephants have big ears, too. Oh, you turn him into a snake. You are serving a lot of attitude with this right I'm now. Just, I just... <laughs> but you're right. Once the masks right. have gone on... Right. We... Then we got to burn the whole thing to the ground. or Otherwise, what was the point of putting masks on? Exactly. Um, so, in, yes. in the inevitable uh, Super Switch... Link to the Past remake in the style of Link's Awakening. Right. Please make it a blue elephant. Please. With big old ears. <laughs> Still big ears, though. But, like, big in a different way. Oh, okay. There we go. Like, wide. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> wide, round ears. All right, Mark. Let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Um, and we also have a Facebook page, and that is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Like it sounds. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, do anything else to the ears. And thanks for listening. Campfire.